0: Amen. Good morning, church. Lord, we bless your name. In uh, Numbers chapter uh, 35, we see a, a situation where uh, there are cities of refuge that are set aside for those in need of refuge. As um, Israel comes out, of Egypt, and Moses is there leading the people. Uh, God gives Moses these laws, and, and all of these laws were Uh, for his people to know him, to worship him, how to approach him. But it was also for their living, uh, that they would become a society. So there were things that were there in place for them to function and to operate in a certain manner. And one of those things were putting certain laws in place and provisions for things that uh, would happen in, in our everyday lives as a society. So when people found themselves in a situation where they had to have refuge, where someone may have killed someone accidentally, they would have to take off and run to a city of refuge. And on their way to that city of refuge, obviously, if you are running in that situation, you are running for your life. And nothing can slow you down because if anything were to slow you down and the avenger of blood, the the, the one that uh, you've sinned against their family were to catch you, uh, they would kill you. And uh, being in a situation where you could not be hindered Uh, Tradition says that one of the things that they did was they would clear the road. They would make sure that there weren't rocks for people to uh, stumble on. And and situations where if they came to a crossroad, um, there would be an arrow directing them to refuge. And and once you got to that city, you were in a safe space. Today's uh, message is place of refuge. And we're going to be in Psalms chapter 62. So if you don't mind, turn uh, there in your Bible, Psalm chapter 62, and I will be reading out of the ESV. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Psalm chapter 62 reads this way, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long, how long will all of you attack a man to batter him? Like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Selah. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balance they go up, they are all, they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hope on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that you, O oh Lord, belong steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his works. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We ask, Lord, as a people that are enveloped in your, in your Refuge, Lord, those that are safe under your shelter, Lord, that you would give us such a confidence in that place that we are in, Lord, and the strength of your power and might, your love and protection, your well-being over our lives in every area. Touch my limitations, Lord. That your word would go forth in power. That it would touch each heart, Lord. That it would accomplish what you sent it to do this day. Minister to me. Minister to your people. Each one here. You knowing every need. We place it before you and we thank you in advance because you always meet us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This um, psalm, uh, sometimes when we read something, we, we can't totally identify with what is going on because it's not our circumstance. But we can always kind of relate to the feelings uh, that are happening. In this psalm, it is speaking of people that want to kill David they want him murdered and, and I'm saying that we can't identify it to that degree because hopefully no one here is in a position where someone wants to actually murder you I mean people people do us wrong people cause us injury people hurt our feelings uh, but that's a little different Situations even mount so high at times in our lives where we just feel like, what is going on? I need a, a refuge. The theme in this psalm is the right and the wrong object of faith. What we have our faith in matters. Sometimes we feel strong in our faith. Sometimes we don't feel so strong, but we have to first and foremost have our faith in the right thing. David says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. In verse two, he says, he alone, is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. In verse five, he says, for God alone, my soul waits in silence for my hope is from him. And again, in verse six, it says, he only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. In the Hebrew, the word that is used there uh, stands for both the word alone and also the word only. And, And what David is saying here is my faith is in God, not in God plus my resources, not in God plus my efforts. Not in God plus my ingenuity. So, so often we sing songs of how our faith is in God and God alone. We, we even pray prayers when we have situations come up God. I don't know what to do in this situation, or I don't have the strength to get through this, or I don't have the resources to make this happen. I am petitioning you because I know who to go to. And, and right after we finish praying, we, we, we feel like we need to assist God. And and we, we help out in the efforts, and whether it's trying to, to grit our teeth and, and press through or or find some way for the circumstances to uh, take take its action. And and it's not that God doesn't use means to accomplish his ends, he does. But and it's not even that he doesn't call us to be participants. In the things that we face. But what we have to really have very clear in our minds, it is our trust. Our faith is only in God. Not, not in the means. He is the one. That is the beginning and the end. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the author of our faith. So we have to make sure that we stand on that and that alone. And David here is showing us that that is what he is doing. Our faith is not subject to how we feel. But our faith is about who it's in. Our faith is in God. See, because many times our faith is there and it's mixed with doubt at times. It's, it's mixed with, with fear. And we even look at when Jesus says, okay, to his disciples, we're going to go across and go to the other side. And they all get in the boat and Jesus falls asleep and and there's a great storm and they get afraid and and they get very afraid and and they they call out and wake them up hey Jesus uh, don't don't you care uh, don't don't you love we're about to die um do something and he says oh you have little faith he he didn't say that they had no faith at all uh, they they actually knew who to go to but in the midst of the situation they, they, they were shaken and in the midst of the situation the the circumstances around them brought fear and, and doubt and if we're honest those things happen to us all the time in the morning when when we come in we, we meet as um, pastors and, and deacons and and we pray and And I'll usually read something uh, to encourage us or or set uh, the course for the day that God has laid on my heart. And we were just talking about how often we need to be reminded. We come to church every week because we need to be reminded of who God is. We read our word because we need to be reminded. Because with everything that God has done, our current pressing situations, we, we tend to, to forget, or, or all the victories. We can't remember what was so important a month ago that we thought it was gonna take us out, and, and He brought us through, and we're here now, but our current situation, that's gonna be the one. God, um, God knows our substance, He knows that we're dust. And and he knows that we need to be constantly reminded. We've been talking about, you know, there's going to come a time where we're going to remember all that God has done, but it's not going to be in a way where it needs to sustain us moving forward. It's just going to be totally in victory. We're just like, God, look at what you've done. And and we do that now, but, but... a lot of us remembering what he's done is to help us in our present moment. It's to get us through. It's to encourage us. And, and, and that's okay. But here we see that David is speaking about waiting in, in silence. Um, he's keeping his composure in a threatening situation. It says that uh, he alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. And as the psalm continues in verse 6, he ends up saying he only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress I shall not be shaken. One says, "I shall not be greatly shaken," and then, as he goes along and speaks to himself the words of God and who God is, he comes to a point where he says, "No, I will not be shaken." Those are those are two different things. I will not be greatly shaken. Mean, hey, this is uh, this uh, shook me up a little bit. I. I, I I recognize my circumstance, and it took me for a loop just a bit. But but as he encourages himself in who God is, it changes to something more concrete. I shall not be shaken. And, And that's where we're going to develop Um, that that level of trust. That's where we're going to come to that place of joy when we can submit to him. When, When we recognize that whatever we're facing, he's in control of it. When we agree with his promises, when we give supremacy to his word, when we bow before his sovereignty, So so we often uh, say God is sovereign, meaning every situation he knows, he sees, and he has total control over. But when we don't like kind of what we're facing, we, we don't necessarily just bow to his sovereignty and say, hey, um, God is in control and if he's allowed this in my life, there's a reason he's doing something and it's for good and I can have joy and I can certainly have trust when I don't have joy. It says that um, in verse three, it, it reads, how long will all you attack a man To batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. That only plan to thrust him down from his high position, they take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. They they want him dead. And even some on the inside are speaking the right things, but actually they're after him. So so in this situation, what David is doing and acknowledging the situation is is he's comparing himself and his situation to those that are after him. But as the psalm goes on, as he continues to speak, in verse 9 he says, those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion. In the balance, they go up. They are together lighter than breath. So, so what he's saying here is people of, of high esteem, or uh, people of, of, of low, um, common uh, places in life, together placed on a scale, they're a vapor. And, and in this instance, he's comparing them to God. And then it goes on in verse 10 to say, put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, let not your heart, not set not your heart on them. In other words, even uh, people, uh, you can't trust in that. Um, Schemes, you can't trust in that. Your resources, you can't trust in that. Trust in God alone. When we do do that, there's a peace that comes. When when we do that, there is a calm that comes. He he says in verse 8, Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. So by this point, David is not only trusting in God in a situation where people want to kill him, but he's even telling other people, celebrate, trust God. God has the situation under control. One of the things that you recognize in this psalm, David's life is on the line. He is not petitioning God for anything. He's not, he's not asking God to do anything. What, what he's doing here, um, he's just repeating to himself what the situation is. He's, he's speaking about the situation hey, these people want me dead. But what does he say? He says, for God alone is my rock, is my salvation. He goes on to say, once God has spoken twice, I've heard this, that power belongs to God and that you, O Lord, belong steadfast love for you will render to a man according to his works. In other words, I trust in you, God, and I know that you're going to take care of this situation. This is is real important for us to understand. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. In other words, you'll wake up in the morning and and you start thinking about all the problems and situations that you had from from yesterday. See, we, we have to speak to ourselves, we have to preach to ourselves. We have to say, So, why are you cast down? Why? It, it, we have to go and remind ourselves who God is, what God is, what God has done, what God has pledged Himself to do. And then after we do all of that, we have to defy ourselves, defy what other people are saying, defy what the world is saying, defy what the devil is saying, because we have to praise God. God. The reason we read God's word, the reason we come into God's house is because we have to minister His word to ourselves. But when we sit and listen to ourselves and all the stuff that's going on and allow those things to just um, take over, how are we going to walk in joy? How are we going to walk in peace? What we're doing is dwelling on the situation at hand as if God isn't bigger than that. God has proven himself to us time and time again. So one of the very important things that we have to do um, is ask for God's grace in protecting our minds. Sometimes we literally feel like we're going out of our minds. So, so, so circumstances building, whether it be pain, whether it be hard circumstances, whether it be financial difficulties, whether it be um, people doing things to us and relationships going wrong, what does it affect it, it affects our mind. It affects the way that we think. Recognize that your mind is the gateway to your heart. So, so, so the devil, he's trying to do something in that, right? Because, because it goes so far, and because we go up and down with those things, we start questioning our salvation, like, like, God, like I trust you a lot today and now some things has happened. Now I'm starting to doubt you and I'm just thinking like, God, are you there? Um, do you care? Are you with me? We start to fear. All of those things are because the circumstances that around us are building and then our mind starts to take things on, things on and we have to protect it. All we go through is to change the way that we think about God. When the enemy comes in, he's trying to change the way you think about God. He wants you to question, is God who he says he is? And and then if, if your answer is, yes, God is who he says he is, then you start saying to yourself, well, does he love me? Because if if he's who he says he is and and he loves me, then why am I going through the things that I'm going through? That's exactly what took place in the garden. That's exactly what the devil tried to do in questioning Jesus about who he was. And that's the thing that he's doing to us every chance we give him to get a little bit of of shoe in that, that's why we have to continue to pray and speak God's promises and know God's word, because that is how we are going to protect our hearts and minds. That's how we're going to stand on God's promises. It says in Philippians chapter four, starting at verse seven, in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. We are too haphazard about not protecting our heart and mind. Obviously, we do that when we let negative things in. And if we just let things go by chance, hey, I'm just going to take in what comes my way is going to be negative. We have to make a concerted effort to guard our hearts and minds from things that we should not allow in our eye gate, in our ear gate. Things that come into your mind, you can't help. What you entertain, you have control over by the Holy Spirit. You have to cast down arguments, the Bible says, right, that come and and speak anything against God's word. We have to recognize that there is no neutral information, but blocking out things and not entertaining things that are bad is only part of it. If we are not, in constant communion with God, in his word, in prayer, speaking his promises even to our situations, then we're going to have a problem. God is our refuge. David said that multiple times. When I think about the way he approached this psalm, which is a song that he put to music when people are scheming to kill him. So a couple of different thoughts of what point of his life um, it was, but it doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter if somebody kill you with a knife or a gun. If somebody's coming to kill you, you know, they want you dead. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if it's Harry or Larry, they're coming for you. And, and in this, he... Speaks about who God is. In this, he is in a position to encourage himself and not even say, God protect me, God get him, as he's speaking about who God is. That's just a given. To the degree that he can encourage other people. He recognizes that God is his refuge, meaning a condition of being safe or sheltered from pursuits, from dangers, and from trouble. There are so many things in God's word that reminds us of that. But you know, even in those things, even God being our refuge, It is only once we really have tasted and seen that God is good that we recognize the extent of the refuge that God is for his people. It's like going past a store window and you weren't thinking about an item and then you saw it and and then you wanted it and, and, and felt that you needed it, right? So there are reasons why you were drawn to God. Uh, people uh, that have spoken into your life and, and you're looking at their life as Christians and there's certain aspects of their life that you said, I, I want that. Like, I, I see that and that is something that I do not have. But you didn't understand the full extent of it. You, you might have came to the Lord because the storms that you were in was so heavy that you just wanted relief. The pains that you were uh, even inflicting on yourself that you could not stop, you wanted it to stop. Maybe you wanted to be protected from your enemies, and and God is a refuge for all of those things. But in the end, you're actually him being a refuge, he's protected you from, from his own wrath. It, we are in Christ Jesus. So at some point, we, we ran for cover, and we really didn't even recognize all that we needed. See, God is above everything a refuge for our soul. We we went to him for one thing and we received so much more. Psalm 91 reads this way He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrows that fly by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will look, you will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. The most high who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on lions and addlers. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot because he holds fast to me in love. Thank you, Lord. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Thank you, Lord. You you know there's certain scriptures; it, it doesn't need any commentary. You you just need to read it and hear what God says. It is so beautiful to know that God is a refuge. When when I, when I thought about right from the beginning and the illustration of a physical refuge being needed for someone that was guilty and they have to run to a city of refuge. And that path was kept clear and signs were put up to lead them in that right direction. And once they were in that space, they were safe. And we think about that in the spiritual application in our own lives. Guilty, running with someone after us. And God keeping the path clear. Keeping stumbling blocks out of our way that nothing would slow us down or prevent us from getting to him. And and because of who we are, we're throwing rocks in our own path. And he's still clearing that up, making a way for us to get to him, the place of refuge. And even now, when we are in that safe space, when we are in his refuge, Sometimes we even fight out of protection to be in a situation where we make ourselves vulnerable again, but He keeps us. God is so good. You can come up, worship team. So often we find ourselves in situations where our circumstances seem like, like we're not going to get through them. And, and again, it affects our, our minds. It affects our heart. It affects our, our trust in, in God. We, we, we so often have to fight and resist. Is God going to bring me out of this this time? God's timing is, is perfect. God's ways are perfect. God says to his children, yes and amen. It's not if he's going to bring you out, it's how he's going to do it this time. It's not if this thing is going to destroy me. This thing is not going to destroy you, and he's going to make you look more like Christ through it. No matter what it looks like, if he died for us to bring us into a place where we are called his children. We are so safe and secure. We are living in a protected area. The whole world out there and all of this stuff is going on and and it seems to touch our lives and understand that it all has to be filtered through God. We should feel so safe and secure no matter what is going on in our lives. And and sometimes we need to be reminded of that. In my own life this week, I needed to be reminded of that. So we, we all go through those things. But like David did, continue to stand on God's promises. Continue to look at the history that you have with him. Continue to read the promises about what he says for all of his children. And always when you're in any kind of situation, instead of thinking like, God, take this away. Say, God, what are you what are you doing here? What are you showing me? How are you growing me up? And help me, Lord, to trust you in this. He, he's continually doing that. We, we never on this side of eternity get to a place where that process is going to stop. Matter of fact, if if you are already like exactly who you want to be and where you want to be, there's a a problem. We we have to pray for you because the law um, cannot be satisfied. It is only the grace of God. It is only the blood of Jesus, it is only us being in Christ that we have that refuge, that we have that protection, that nothing can harm us, that God is working in us and through us for his glory. You know, most of the time when I'm preparing a sermon, I'm praying, God, what are the needs of the people, what, what is the word that you have for them, um, this week? And, and then sometimes it's just what he does in my own life. And, and I try to like push those things on the side and say, you know, that, that's, that's a me problem. And, and that may not be what your people need, um, this day, but that just did not go away. And, and and this week I've been a living example of what David had to do in terms of remembering God's promises, in terms of recognizing all the things that he's brought me through, and, and, and remembering that even feeling high and feeling low doesn't change what my trust and faith is in. Recognizing that that those ups and downs does not change God's level of protection for me. Thank God. And that his will is going to be accomplished in all things. So we thank God for that. And, And I pray that that spoke to someone this morning because all of us come to times where we feel high and low. All of us come to places where we feel should not be past this already. Thank God for his long suffering. Thank God for his patience. Thank God for his mercy. Allow me to pray for you church. Would you stand? Father, we we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for salvation. We thank you, Lord, that you are holding us in your arms, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are vulnerable. That we are weak. But you are strong, God. We thank you, Lord, that we are frail and helpless but you never sleep nor slumber. We thank you, Lord, that even as so many ways we can be self-destructive, that you are a redeemer. We thank you, Lord, that we don't even have to have confidence in ourselves, but we have to have confidence in the one that we're with. And we can have confidence in what you've done, that it is finished, that it is complete. That you're going to continue to bring us through, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we can have a joy in the midst of the struggles, knowing that it is producing something in us. It's not a happenstance. It's not for us to to be able to uh, 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 build up a a tolerance for pain. But you're changing us. You're bringing us through the fire so we can come out pure. You're removing the dross, Lord, making us look more like your Son. thank you, Lord, in our weakness, how you are strong. Thank you, Lord, how secure and safe we are. We thank you, Lord, for the hope that we have in heaven. We ask that you would extend your grace and mercy to our church, Lord. Each person, each heart, Lord, you know it well. We thank you that you use a thread of faith, Lord, And that we can ask you to help us in our faith, Lord, because that's a grace from you. Continue to build your church in each one of us, Lord. We love you. We ask that you draw us closer together as a family, that we continue to look to you for all things, Lord, for our provision, for our healing, Lord, for our joy, for our peace. That we would have peace with the living God. That we have access to your throne room. That we can call you father and you call us children. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day and what you've done in every heart, Lord. Be glorified in this place, Lord. We thank you that we can be so sure at the work that you started in us, that you will bring it to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen.